grading Tate Rodemaker, and preparing for the Louisville Cardinals. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith. Thank you to the everydayers that make this a fantastic show. You can find us wherever you get your podcast for free and on YouTube, part of the awesome Locked On Network, your team every day. Today's episode is going to be fun because we're going to talk about Tate Rodemaker's first start as a knoll, his performance in the swamp, and all the things that helped him and the Knowles overall get past the Gators and win a big game and go 12-0 in the regular season, man. That's that's an impressive thing. First off, though, today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off of your first purchase. So this is a subjective grading where I'm going to go over a few stats, but here's what you need to know about Tate. First off, not a very good start for Florida State's offense, and in particular, the fellows up front. Give credit to Florida. They came at Florida State pretty hard. They're the rivalry game. They're in the swamp. They came at them. Florida State was horrific in the first few drives. That's not even debatable. It's one of those things where somebody will say, well, just burn the tape. I don't know if you could do that. They certainly need to learn from their mistakes and figure some things out. And Florida State is not dominant up front anyway, but the injury bug probably played into that. They adjusted. To that point, so did Tate Rodemaker. He was only 12 of 25 on the game, which is a paltry 48%. But I was looking at part of the statistics a little bit ago. And something that was interesting to me with Tate is he actually finished the game weaker than he started, but you would think just like mentally because of how bad Florida State's offense was in the first quarter, and it was bad. Most people just throw it on the quarterback. In this case, it's Rodemaker. Not really. They didn't have enough time to throw, to run, to do anything. It wouldn't have mattered if it was Troy Aikman in his prime with the Dallas Cowboys circa 1993. It would not have went well. So for that, here, here's a few things that I, that I have on my screen. He actually hit three of his first five, then missed a couple, then hit three more. But everything was just short. The only thing that was, was good was the pass to Bell that was down the field. That's a second and 10. He got 29 yards. Everything else was very short for the most part. He hit Johnny for a 12-yarder early on. But he didn't seem to quite have the timing he needed. And again, with the pressure in the running game causing problems. Third and 14. Let's see what else. we got a third and 17, a third and eight. Look, again, Troy Aikman in his prime is not going to consistently get you out of those circumstances. So the first quarter, I don't even know how you could assess a grade because it's not great a bull. It's awful to look at that. The only thing I will say, and it's probably the biggest reason they didn't end up getting beat or even annihilated, he didn't throw the pick that just went the other direction. Tate did not have the strip sack fumble, and there were a few cases where things could have trended that direction. 
that could have not only put Florida State in a miserable hole, but could have almost sealed their fate. Again, this is not a team that's going to just roll. But they struggled, and it probably is why the play calling had to jump around a little bit before halftime. They needed to get something. They, you can't go into halftime in the swamp with a zero. Getting that late touchdown was huge. So actually, it, it's funny. Overall, I gave him a C from the grade. I'll just go ahead and say that. But I give him a B minus for the first half because it would have been easy. And a lot of quarterbacks do this in their first career start in a really tough environment like UF. Right over the cliff when things go bad. He didn't do that. And he helped them on that last drive, staying poised on the sidelines, in the huddle, at the line, and not making the colossal mistake. They talked about it. On the broadcast, they talked about it post-game. I talked about it with Brandon Olson on his show. Like Max Brown didn't make a ton of big mistakes either, but he did throw a pick. Florida just, they're, they're just a bad football team. And if you just don't screw up yourself when you play a squad like that, and this is part of playing quarterback, you're probably going to catch a hanging curveball at some point. And he did the end of the first half. Early third quarter, Florida found themselves in a situation where they look up and Florida State's coming at them, and they didn't know what to do. The offensive line had adjusted. Tate had made some really nice throws over the middle, Keon, et cetera. And then, of course, Keon had the great punt return to get him out to midfield. There were a few plays like that. And then thank you to Florida, who had 90 yards and penalties because they're maybe the dumbest team in major college football to give Florida State even more chances to score points so after being down 12 nothing, Tate Rodemaker and the Seminoles ended up winning 24 to 15. So that means that it's hilarious, but they outscored them 24 to 3 from like mid-second quarter on. They just kicked their teeth in. And he didn't have to do it himself. And I'll get into more of that in, in the in a minute. But Tate was really interesting that you just just watching the I didn't go to the game, but just watching the TV broadcast. He didn't seem to get flustered. That was probably my biggest takeaway from him. So 12-25, 134 yards, certainly not great. He far underachieved what I thought. I thought he'd throw for about 225. Florida State had 224 as a team. Not good. Gators only had 232, but those 90 yards of penalties, which FSU took advantage of, and Florida State's resiliency, which I'll talk about in a minute, were the differences to help Tate get over the top. So like B minus first half overall C, I thought they could have actually hit a couple more plays. He wasn't as accurate as I would have liked after he got quote unquote settled down, down the field passes, like Keon, Johnny, et cetera, 48. They, they just didn't have a chance to hit those and he just wasn't accurate. That's not acceptable after you're into the flow of the game. I'm, I was disappointed in that with Tate. It is what it is. You're not always going to have your best stuff as a starting pitcher either. It's the same deal with the quarterback, but he did survive. Did it do enough to make me think they're going to beat Louisville? We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And to do that also, we're going to talk a little bit about Florida State's resiliency. When they've been in situations like this, like they're going to be against Louisville this next weekend in the ACC title game in Charlotte. So be happy as a Florida State fan because this game could have went the wrong direction. In several of the last five to eight years, games like this, Florida State would have lost. The quarterback would have made a bad play or something else would have happened, maybe both compounding the issues, and you go down. 
Florida lost to Florida State because Rodemaker did not did not fail. And the defense and the rest of the team rallied around him and they played as a unit. It's really hard to measure. It's really hard to measure. So again, if you take anything from this, I give him a C grade. He was average, which for a first start, especially being in the swamp. I mean, that's top five at worst top 10 environments in college football as far as craziness. You can't really complain about that. Not making the colossal mistake, staying within himself. That that's that's tremendous. And that's also something that's going to be what we talk about in point two. And you want to keep it locked right here and locked on Seminoles for that. First off, you want to keep it locked to game time. If you are going to any kind of bowl game or something, and I know I will, and you're looking for tickets and trying to get the best deals, especially last minute deals, game time is the app for you. I made this mistake last year. Don't be that person like I was. Do a little bit of research. Go to the game time app. Download it and check it out. It's easy to get around. Type in Florida State Seminoles. Click on it. Find the game. Find the opportunity. Maybe you want to go to the, the big game against Louisville this weekend. Whatever it is, the game time app will make it easy. You can see the seat. Like you click on it. They'll show the price. You click on it. It'll have a picture of where you're going to be sitting at that venue. It's pretty cool. I'll give them credit. There's a lot of work to do in that. After you do that, you'll have an idea where it's going to be and it's a good deal for you or not. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the app, create an account, use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use code L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Resilient. That would be how you can define Tate Rodemaker and the Florida State Seminoles. So let's go through the list. Just top of my head, I put down a few notes. The LSU game, obviously. They didn't play real good in that first quarter. Got things going, and by the end of the half, they kind of turned turn it around. Third quarter, they were good. Fourth quarter, they dominated. Clemson trailed the whole game. Deloach gets the sack, fumble, score. They find a way. Duke, don't start good there either. Miami, they hung around. Florida game certainly didn't play well there. Florida State is a team, a true team. Not many college football programs can really say that. Even Georgia, who I think is still the best team, unfortunately, in the country, they have moments where they're just kind of lost in space. They rely on just out-talenting people quite often. And I'm not taking anything away from them. They got a bunch of NFL dudes and the quarterbacks come off. They're my pick to win it. I, I'm not denying that. But Florida State just seems to find a way every week with team football. Here's an example. Even in the Clemson game, when they couldn't run the ball hardly at all, they had a few plays in that game with Jordan Travis where they had to run a GT or they had to run his own, whatever it was, and just execute it better. There was no specialty there. Like, Norvell's a really good play caller, and I talk about that a lot. They just out-executed. They got better in the freaking game at the same freaking play that they got stuffed earlier. And they also did little nuances off of it, running basically the same play with a, with a motion man or something like that. They did some of the similar things against Florida. That touchdown at the end for Trey Benson, that's not a play Florida wasn't familiar with. 
Trey kept running hard, breaking tackles. It's it's funny that he ran into the end zone and he got spun around backwards. Third score of the game for the hat trick was a play that Ford had seen on film, seen in that game, etc. FSU kept running it, even though they were terrible in the first quarter at pretty much any play they ran, and just out-executed Florida. They are resilient. Find me a team that is more resilient than the Knowles this year. Again, resilient does not mean, and I'm being very blunt here, they are not the best team in the country or anywhere near it. They may or may not get the playoff with the whole Tate Rodemaker situation if they beat Louisville, and that's discussion for next week. I'm not going to touch that until they have already played Louisville and assuming they beat them. Everybody wants to talk about that already. I have no interest. That's next week. You've got to take care of a point, and, and that, that point is beating Louisville and winning the ACC title. If you don't win that, you're not going to playoff, so who cares? With that being said, the reason I keep bringing this up in connection with Rodemaker He's going to probably have some moments in that Louisville game, that, we'll, and we'll talk a little bit more specific about them, some of my thoughts on the Louisville Cardinals. If he has a moment where he does make a really bad play, let's say he throws a pick six. Louisville's defense is legit. They, they get after it. It has to be the team's resiliency, not Rodemakers, that gets the Knowles through the moment. It's not one or the other. Both. The answer is almost always both on this show, and it is in football. Team sport. Florida State is no different than the New York Giants when Parcells was there. Than Jimmy Johnson when he was the coach for the Cowboys. Or something like that. Pros still have bad days. Florida State? That's a situation where they're in a Tough environment with a quarterback that's really inexperienced. You know, he's been around the program a while. Hasn't gotten it done yet because he hasn't had the chance. He's been behind Jordan Travis. He struggles out of the gate. The offensive line's worse. And quite frankly, it just was a catastrophe. They didn't fail. So again, LSU, Clemson, Duke, Miami, Florida. And there are little patches here and there against other teams as well where they just didn't show well, and they fixed it in the game. How many teams do that in college football? Five, maybe? I'm not saying Florida State's the only one, to be clear here. Florida State is in a situation where they have to take it up a notch because Louisville, obviously, is better than Florida. Florida's, that's a bad football program right now, but they didn't play well in critical moments, and it's a big reason why FSU won because it took advantage, as they should. You're probably not going to get that against Louisville. Louisville, ironically, shot themselves in the foot against Kentucky. And again, we'll get into that here in about two minutes. But if you get down now with the experience they have, Florida State fans shouldn't be as concerned, if you will. There's opportunity with the passing game, the running game, and the special teams. Here's, here's something else, folks. Florida State, Keon, I know we kind of just does what Keon does. That punt return was fantastic just to get it to midfield. When I saw him take it at the five, I'm like, bro, you better figure this out because if you get stuffed inside your own 10 with this quarterback, and of course he did. But they find ways with just the big plays. It's unbelievable. So Florida State is in a situation. They're getting ready to head to the ACC title game. Before we go to the other side and discuss it specifically, something to think about. The chances of Florida State against any team playing as bad as they did like they did against the Gators in the first quarter, is pretty low. 
Tate will have a, a week to look back, to reflect, to go back through his routine, fine tune, etc. If they come out and they're ahead or even even after quarter one, pick the score, 10-7, 7-7, competitive game. What do you give the odds of Florida State winning that game? I, I have no idea how to grade it, to be honest. I don't, I don't know who's going to win. I don't have an opinion on it yet, even though I've studied Louisville quite a bit this year. It's so hard with a young quarterback. It's very, very difficult. But what would you give the odds if Tate Rodemaker is four of eight for 45 yards and a touchdown, say hits Jaheim Bell on a seam route, I don't know, whatever, and it's a competitive game? Because if they had to come out like that against Florida, they probably kick their teeth in the whole game and they win something like 31 to 10. But they just gave the football up, made some goofy plays, and the blocking was bad. They shot themselves in the foot repeatedly in that first quarter and had to play from behind. If they don't do that against Louisville, I'm going to feel a lot better about it. And I think that you should too. Speaking of feeling better about it, FanDuel. Right now, this is an opportunity because we're headed into the clutch time of the football season. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. That's right. Right now, new customers get $150 if your team wins. If you're thinking about joining FanDuel, right now, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app's easy to use. You can get around on it very easily. There's a wide range of betting options, including, among others, spreads, player props, the over-unders. Those are a lot of fun teams, you know, in the game, halftime, etc. And you can bet on other things as well. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the National Football League season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So I'm just going to go over a few things from the Kentucky game, what their tendencies are. I've seen Louisville play several times this year and just kind of give some of my thoughts and what I think they're going to try to do. This is a very generic first look. We'll talk more about Louisville in depth as the week moves forward. But this is an overview for those of you that really enjoy this. And thank you sticking around for the third segment. The loyal followers, I appreciate that. This is a fun deal, man, because you're back in the ACC title game. If you're Florida State, it's a great opportunity. You go, you're probably going to the playoff. Again, we'll talk about that later. But you got to get there. So what does Louisville bring? Number one, their quarterback, he's a post-grad. He was at Purdue, then he was at Cal, now he's at Louisville. Big arm kid, but he takes a lot of chances, and he's not necessarily the guy that makes the best of decisions. So do I think Florida State's going to have to worry about their passing game first? No, I do not. Do I think that it's a situation where you're going to look at the game and go, if if Florida State lost, what was it? It's going to be this. Homer's going to make a few passes, and he'll take some chances. But he almost always throws a dumb pick against quality competition. He had an interception against Kentucky. But here are the two players to know. Jahar Jordan and Isaac Garendo. Those are the two running backs. Jordan is the burner speedster guy based on his style. However, even though he's the bigger back, Garendo is arguably as fast if not faster. He's just bigger. He's 225. And one of my buddies covers Louisville. He said he's one of the three fastest guys on the team. I'm like, holy crap. 225 and he can run like that. They got a bunch of Florida kids on their roster, et cetera. They got some kids that can go. Beating you with the run game and deception. Running the same play in terms of the formation is what Louisville will do. 
but running completely different stuff out of that same formation. They'll run that same formation 10 times and run eight different plays. Very difficult. It's almost like in a weird kind of way because they're very pro style. Like an option, they will do whatever you got to do. Get this off here. They will do anything they can do to knock you out with a play action to the tight end, to the fullback, throwback screen. Extremely creative. Not just creative, extremely creative. And I don't think you're going to beat them by trying a whole bunch of different stuff. You've got to run your base and you got to beat guys up front. They're pretty good at offensive line. I don't think they're dominant, but again, they hit big plays. And if you get out of your gap on run, I know this is boring. If there was a game you cannot miss run gap fits, it is this one. Jordan and Garendo can go. Touchdown. If you miss, they will score. Not get a first down. Score. That is not something that can happen. Because if they get a lead running the football and they can just swallow up the clock and they don't do what they do it against Kentucky, they lost the turnover battle three to one. They completely outplayed Kentucky but had three turnovers. So if you have that situation, you're not going to win. But if Florida State, especially early, can get Tate into a rhythm and they can find a way to get the offense going and you don't have a bad play somewhere in there that gives Louisville a short field or something, you get into that second quarter, kind of like I was talking about a few minutes ago. If it's tied, you're down three, something like that, you're in the game. Let him breathe, then you're in business. Got to survive the first quarter, though. And I'm very, very concerned about that because as a play caller, Brom is tremendous. Not just kind of good. He is absolutely, unequivocally tremendous. So he may be the best overall play caller in combination with scheme, with formation, and just when to call it. And he uses guys that barely do anything during a season. And like game eight, there was a kid a few weeks ago for them. He only had like two catches, three, something like that, a handful of catches all year. In a goal line situation, he threw a play action pass to him for a touchdown. There's no way you're going to scheme for that. So all the little things that Florida State can do in terms of keeping them in second down and long is paramount, and you can't give up the chunk yardage plays, obviously. That's the key in college football today. That's why I've talked about 20-plus yard plays all year for the Knowles and everybody else that they go up against. Louisville can hit those same kind of plays, just different offense a little bit, and their quarterback, not a dynamic guy. But he'll get outside the pocket once in a while and throw. But if you pressure him versus per, I don't know, Patrick Payton played really well against Florida, anything you do with blitzes, he'll throw it up too. Don't discount this opportunity here. One of those balls going this direction for a score. For whatever reason, even though he's an experienced quarterback, Jack Plummer still makes some throws you're just like, what are you doing? Florida State, if they have one of those, you cannot drop it. You know my pet peeves. Don't hit the quarterback late out of bounds. Don't go for the dumb fake when the quarterback who can't run very well. Pump fakes outside the pocket. And then if you get an easy pick, catch the ball. Those are my three that drive me bananas. So that's no different for this game. If Florida State does those kinds of things and doesn't give up the big play, they'll get Rodemaker in a position to, quite honestly, I think have a better game. Give Florida credit. They played pretty good and they played hard, but Florida State didn't execute early. I don't know what they're going to do against Louisville and how they're going to attack that aggressive defense. I'll get into that more specifically as the week moves forward. But they're a good football team. 
They're not a great one. Kentucky beat them with like 250 yards of offense or something in some turnovers. They didn't play well. Larry had like 202 yards. It's not a great football team that they beat. It's a team, though, that generically speaking, doesn't beat itself or they lose. They got beat by Pittsburgh because they beat themselves, and they got beat by Kentucky because they beat themselves. Florida State did not give them opportunities. So with that, thank you very much. Everybody have a great rest of your day. We're going to be talking quite a bit more about Louisville this week. The transfer portal opens up next week. Just something to think about. I've been studying a whole bunch of that stuff. Florida State obviously is very active in that. I'm definitely going to be into it. So we'll be getting into a whole bunch of transfer information very, very soon. But we got to get through this ACC title game first. But once again, thank you very much for tuning in. Please hit that like button, hit that notification bell, and subscribe. And if you have an opportunity, and if you haven't done yet, Locked On Sports Today, it runs 24-7. It's the only streaming locked on or streaming service on YouTube. You can find it very easily. Just type in Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Great channel. This show and everything else goes through there. Any sport you can imagine. Make sure you check it out. Everybody be good.